making my tea early in the morning, thinking about the archers. It's been so long since I started listening. Well, depends what you mean by listening. I've had it in the background of my life ever since I was a child, but how much does a child really hear? I suppose I've only really been an active listener for almost two years now. Drawn to the frill of a dramatic plotline, one that Archer's fan called a betrayal because it was too interesting. And where am I now? What has listening to the Archer's got me? Well, nothing, and asking that question is pointless. But I love asking pointless questions. It's just in my nature. And what would I do without the archers? Who would I be? Well, I'd be no one, and I'm no one now, because no one is anyone. I'm a bit of a nihilist, really. Which is interesting, because um, the archers is certainly not nihilistic. The archers couldn't be nihilistic. None of the people are real. And I don't mean in the way where they're characters, I mean... I mean in the way where they don't exist in a normal relationship to time and space. Their thoughts, their feelings, they don't... They exist more like the memories of people compressed in upon themselves than they do like a true story. How are you supposed to tell a true story when the people aren't allowed to die? <laughs> All I know is I was wrong about the monologues. Inane, directionless, pointless rambling whilst they take on mundane tasks. That's about the most archous thing that you can get. So I'm sorry about what I said about the monologues. How was that? About as, uh... About as inane and rambling as we could possibly have hoped for. Yeah, I felt pretty good actually. I feel like I got something <laughs> off my chest. <laughs> I feel like we you've really discovered something about yourself. This is uh this is Ambridge to Nowhere. Is it? A a rambler's haven in the troubled waters of Borsetshire. <laughs> are you are you lost, traveller? Come on in. It's only us. It's only me, Alex. You've just completely given up on introducing any of your shit anymore, and I love that about you. You know, Eli was saying mm. that. He was like, I love how, <laughs> as if things have gone on, Alex has just completely given up. <laughs> I've given up on uh, format, uh, form, structure, reasoning, or, or uh, 
you know, all I'm here for is content and friends. And uh, I'm all out of friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> um, I'm here to eat friends and kick content. <laughs> I'm all out of friends. Shit, I haven't introduced myself. Um, Who are hi, you? I'm a sun-bleached Lego brick at a forgotten children's birthday party. Long, long, And I long just forgotten. happened to be the one to step on you. It that Yeah, that's pretty on point, to be honest. Um, as you can no doubt tell, this is an Archer's podcast, uh, <laughs> only fragmentally and in the vaguest sense related to the BBC uh, drama on Radio 4, The Archers. Um, the more time passes... In much the same way... The more I wonder if this is truly a podcast about the archers or just some kind of hallucination I'm having where I get to see your faces again. It's been so are long. Are we a podcast about the archers or are we the p- purest Human? Catholic ideal of uh, of purgatory? Um, or are we human or are, are we, we... dancers? Or are we a comedy podcast about the archers or, no um, i should have said farmers damn <laughs> <laughs> uh so last time i fixed the archers you did and uh the bbc did not write back so uh it's still broken yep uh but we have thoughts about possibly how broken or how not broken it might actually be mm. uh so we are still doing uh, well, they are still doing monologues, correct? Yes, and I have deigned to listen to some of them. Highlights include Freddy doing some plumbing. I quite like that one, actually. I, I don't know. Fre- Freddy's kind of compelling when um, he's uh, not doing stupid things. Then again, he was not. He was. He was not doing a good job. So, I think my favourite, though, of the ones that I've managed is probably Ben looking for bees. He's trying to find some bees. Whose bees have gone missing is a Jill or Peggy. Someone's bees have gone missing. Oh, like on a hunt. A hunt for bees. So, one of the main I thought you meant he was, like, online shopping for bees. Oh, I mean... That would be really funny to listen to the archers, someone you, opening up a box of bees. Do you know that you can rent bees? It's, um, farmers rent bees. It, it costs approximately one cent per bee per, like, oh. week. It's very cheap. I think I should get a pet bee. I, I think I think there's probably Is a minimum order number. For pollination? Purposes. Yeah, yeah, so right. every every season, billions of bees live on the backs of trucks driving around America, and farmers like rent out the bees, and the bee driver, um, just rocks up and then opens up the back of the thing, and all the bees, you know, go about, uh, having sex with flowers or whatever it is that they do, um, just and then they really come back exhausted after a flowers. after a long day of of, of yeah. porking some geraniums. Um, Porkin' some geraniums is the name of my grunge band. (laughs) 
and they get back on their truck and go basically what i'm saying is that there are i'm not sure how the bees feel about it i mean i guess they get to to pork flowers all day long but they are being used uh by these weird truck drivers that drive around america selling their services i often think that that's just a surface a service that everyone should offer with every animal like i think it should work like uber eats like i can just i should be able to hire someone's magpie yeah well i should be able to like call a number or click a button on the internet and a horse is at my house (laughs) in an hour um just a hang uh, with a Just person a vibe. did someone bring the horse i mean if the horse can get here on its own it's probably well, i mean that's that, that's I'm... horses are pretty good uh i was gonna say that you picked a horse which i think is possibly the one animal that would be best equipped to come on its own yeah yeah i didn't think about that until i said it but but it could probably get delivered by another horse so <laughs> right the horse leading the horse yeah uh, you can lead a horse to horse, but you can't make a horse horse. <laughs> you can lead a ray to horse, but you can't make them hay. Um, so, um, I feel like we almost... There was there was a moment five minutes back where I had a point. Um, was so let's see if we can recover there. that. So I've been thinking more about my relationship with the archers. Not that I don't spend all of my time thinking about it. Because I spend all my time thinking about everything, which is a emotional problem I've been confronting <laughs> about myself the past past couple of months. Woof. Um, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, or in this case, confused. Right, as as Joni Mitchell famously said, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. And then you really, really definitely don't know what you've got when it is gone. You're even more confused than usual, basically. You don't know You don't know what you had got when it is gone and comes back worse. <laughs> she couldn't fit that in the song, but that's what she meant. There was a moment of delay there where I was trying to process that sentence in my head and I think I just short-circuited. <laughs> it bypassed logic. I mean, it's a couple of different things I've been thinking about because at times I empathise with the show. And when I say that, I don't mean, like, the writers and the writing. I mean, like, its existence as sort of a beast, you know? Right. It feels like... its own sentient entity. I mean, yeah, because sometimes it the show feels a little bit like um like a a wounded animal <laughs> and you know i can i can relate to that and i don't mean in like a dramatic way where i feel like i'm dying and the show's dying more like that sort of like feeling of panic where you're like my life is on a trajectory constantly towards something and the show always feels like it's heading towards something is it being something. eaten by a lion <laughs> No, I feel like it's more situation where about like a week ago 
It's like a it's a, it's a rabbit, and about a week ago it got its leg caught in a snare. It's just watership down, and it's it's limping, and it's like it's my. What am I gonna do the rest of my life? It, there's there's no way that the rest of the the rabbits will let me stick around. I'm too mm-hmm. slow. Might as there's well no... have uh, psychic visions and run in front of a car. I can't quite remember what happens in Warship Down, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Something about a psychic rabbit. Yeah, there's like a psychic rabbit in it, right? Is he psychic or is he like... Sometimes I, uh, Secret of Nim and Warship Down just blend into one film in my head and I can't tell which one is which. Um, so you sympathize with the archers. I mean, I, I must, I've got to say, like, I sympathize with anyone trying to make, especially something like the archers, which is content that is so, uh, what is a kind way of just mundane? That's not a kind yeah. way of saying it, but, you know, where, where like. <laughs> it's a neutral it, way it is, of saying it. And it, it is mundane. It is, and so you know, you know what you expect with the archers. You go to listen, and you you get what you paid for, which is nothing, or I guess your um, licensing fee. But you, <laughs> you know, it's relatively inexpensive, so you get what you paid for. And um, <laughs> but it also like nothing really changes. Like characters come and go, and some of them are permitted to die, and some of them aren't. Um, <laughs> but inevitably it continues please and with any any person making a show like that at the minute yeah it's grace archer like um uh you know at at any point when something like you know what is happening in the world right now inevitably has to fuck up your like faded middle class normalcy um and i kind of sympathize with that in a little bit in terms of it must be pretty mm. difficult trying to be like how do we make this you know light-hearted relatively entertaining mundane show continue without addressing the fact that the world is falling apart yeah i mean we've talked about the archers before in relation to other soaps most of which of course are te- uh, television which yeah. also makes comparison a little difficult sometimes because there is well there's just inherently a lot of beats and tropes that most big british soaps take on board that the archers can't manage like you know so the one other soap that i ever watched any any reasonable amount of Although I've seen like probably maybe like a week's worth of EastEnders. I don't remember why or when. I just know I have. <laughs> um, so yeah. I I used to watch quite a bit of Hollyoaks actually. Which is weird to me that I did. But I just watched a lot of like Channel 4 and E4. So yeah. It was on. It was on. I mean I feel the same way. Like I did not actively seek out uh, EastEnders, but it was on in our house for a few years. Yeah. God, you know, my mum brought up. I saw my mum for the first time in four months, and she brought up Brothers and Sisters, which was a show, an absolutely terrible show that I've seen a ton of because she used to watch it when I was a kid. 
and I remember it so well and it's kind of in the same box as the arches in my head it's like something that my mum would have on I'm not going to explain brothers and sisters because it's shit (laughs) like um, but yeah if you compare it to other soaps the issue of mundanity comes up but also the way they structure stories in relation to that mundanity because there's a lot of things that are the same and this is the one of the major things that I question about myself of like why would I like this inherently with soaps characters kind of have to serve plot because you have to be maintaining this very specific kind of schedule and it's a little bit in a different way than you would like a blockbuster action movie where nearly always characters are serving plot but i'm so against that as both a writer and a performer it's the main thing i complain about whenever i watch anything if they do it i'll start yelling about it is if characters are serving plot and plot is not serving character because i'm of the personal opinion that a character's story is more important than a plot and if you're making choices about a character to serve a plot then you failed well yeah i i i agree with that i would say that you know or i would i would go further and say that a plot is a bunch of characters interacting with each other and the world around them Mm. so if you're making a decision that doesn't suit that character for the purpose of like trying to push a particular note in a plot summary that you've written either you've done something wrong with the plot or you've done something wrong with the character Mm. that you've written because if they're if they're acting in a certain way that doesn't suit what you've come to expect from them as an audience member then that's you you're done goofed yeah and then two other things because the thing they have going for them in contrast to that is they just have so many characters with so many motivations you can just take almost any two or three of them and smash them against each other as fast as you like and you're gonna get one of the plots that you like it's actually what the people at um, CERN have been doing with the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> They've just been going through Archer's characters narrative and firing them from one end of Switzerland to the other and seeing what happens. Mm. Um, they, no one's noticed yet because there's over 4,000 characters on the Archers and they've only been taking unnamed and unvoiced ones so far. But one of these days, they're going to take a big one and see what happens. And either we're going to have a similar scare to we had in like 2007 mm-hmm. where they were like, oh, the people at CERN have made a black hole. We're all going to die. Or... Uh, someone will notice that like uh, Jonathan has stopped talking and that's because he's been smashed against an unnamed grocer in somewhere <laughs> in the middle of Switzerland <laughs> I don't even know if there's a Jonathan <laughs> um shit I don't think there is crazy I tried to pick there... a name that would mm, be in the arches there's... I mean I think Johnny is just John I think we've actually had this conversation before. Like, I was trying to figure out if Johnny was John or Jonathan. Um, The second part of this point is that, you know, the inexorable march of time, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you have infinite time 
to do infinite plots. And that's inherently contrary to a human life. Because... I mean, we, we've been through this before. No one has the lives, even as mundane as the Archers is, no one has the lives that they have. Because yeah, that's... the average person in the UK probably going to have at least max five interesting things happen to them in their life. <laughs> so uh, if you're out there and you've got six children, sorry, one of them wasn't that interesting. I mean, probably. Just <laughs> law of averages. The birth you're lucky of your if child. One, you're lucky if one of your children is interesting, guys. Well, that's... Well, yeah. My parents stopped at one because they were like, oh, either cracked it first go or more likely, oh God, oh God. Is this what they're all going to be like? We can't do this again. Yeah, exactly. We can't possibly risk this happening again. Do you know do you know the story of me is that my sister was IVF and sometimes when you have IVF it, something about it like just triggers your ability to like have kids and so She's I, just a miracle I, baby. I I I would no I I am like a miracle baby <laughs> which is like so much about me <laughs> you're a miracle but not one that anyone actually asked for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I like it. I don't I'm nobody I'm nobody's I'm nobody's chosen one. <laughs> you well, it's like um it's like someone wishing on a star but then the wish coming true for someone like in the next room. Mm. That wasn't even aware that there was a shooting star going by. They were like, "Oh, what? Oh. Child? <laughs> okay." Um, okay, so so people are inherently uninteresting, and even though the Archer's <laughs> characters are also inherently uninteresting, they're vastly more interesting than any of us could hope to be. That is a lot more insulting than the point I was making, but it is tangential. <laughs> I don't fault people for being uninteresting. You know, one of the reasons that I... Because, the, uh, you know, I'm glad that you said that, honestly, because the other side of this coin is that I don't know how I was given this ability, but I have the ability to find anyone and anything interesting. There is so much inane bullshit that I have just stared at for hours. And I could t I could talk about anything. That is true of you. You could talk about anything. I mean, that's why we did this in the first place, is I could that's talk the whole about point, anything. You needed an excuse to talk about uh, the archers, and I can't see uh, the opportunity to speak to my friends about something they're passionate about without turning it into content. So, mm. I, I genuinely, obviously I'm not going to say who it is. I have genuinely in my life met, I think, two people that I didn't find interesting, which is bad for them. Wow. God, two people. I don't know if I want to clarify all of our friends who listen to this podcast because, quote, they love hearing me and Alex just ramble on about a bunch of bullshit. It's not <laughs> anyone I'm currently friends with. 
please do not get paranoid that I find any of you boring because I know all of you fuckers are completely paranoid about that kind of thing. Scrupulously writing down notes, uh, taking you out of their will. (laughs) It is no one I currently interact with. Because because they were so boring. Because they were so boring, even you I had found to them cut boring. Them out of your life. I. I mean, it's like. I'm not gonna. Again, if I start describing why I found them boring, then a bunch of people that we know and love who listen to this will start overanalyzing their actions, and I'm not giving them any fuel. But 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 I also eat granola. <laughs> uh, Granola's great. So. Uh, Granola is fantastic. I also enjoy the smell of, of lawn cuttings. Oh man, lawn cuttings are so good. Damn, I'm just like trying to describe the most boring shit, and you're like, "Oh, this love the smell great. of grass." Like these, these are the most normy, norm core things you could enjoy. Ah, oh, yeah, damn, but someone's I, ability to I love share Weetabix. that. Someone's ability to share that. I love Weetabix. It it's. You know, Weetabix is fascinating. It's like this, like, staple of British breakfast culture, but it's the most inedible breakfast food. <laughs> it's just impossible to handle. It's, it's the British, uh, it's the British so sensibility British. towards suffering personified <laughs> yeah. in a cereal. It is. Um, it's suffering oh, with you... high reward. It's suffering with high you know, fiber. You know what? I genuinely, I would say that mini Weetabix is the way to go. Because it's just so much mini more Weetabix? manageable. Yeah, you can get Isn't them. Isn't that just like a shreddy? No, no, you can get them and they're like that big. Um, for those, oh. um, like for the those size who of a, a can't penny. see what I'm doing, I'm making about the size of a uh, unpainful suppository into the camera. <laughs> unpainful suppository. <laughs> I said a, 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 a painful suppository <laughs> oh a painful i was gonna say it's like that big no um it's like the size of a oh god i can't say that either why can i only think of terrible stuff why am i so like cursed? a two pence piece a uh, cockroach i like a cockroach the size you of cockroach here first mini weetabix like the cockroach of the morning smaller, actually yeah but you can get them with Mini Weetabix, you can get them with a little bit of chocolate in them, or my favourite no, raisins. No, 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 wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop or, you there. You syrup- can't say you enjoy Weetabix and then be like, you know my favourite thing about the Weetabix? Not the Weetabix, the things that they put on Weetabix I to make them s- edible. I, s- no, no, I'm <laughs> saying that the addition, because I like them with raisins, I would normally put raisins or sultanas i usually i usually go sultanas over raisins but that's just me um i would usually put sultanas um with my weetabix but you can sometimes buy the weetabix with sultanas already in it cut out the middle pre-sultanad pre-sultanad but then but has anyone enjoyed just munching uh, on almost everyone raw weetabix eats pre-sultanad Weetabix. It's the, probably the food of choice in Ambridge. Pre-sultanad Weetabix might be the bougiest thing we've ever said on this show. <laughs> I don't know. We're both real snobs. That's a difficult <laughs> competition. Gosh. What, um, what, what was the point about boring people? 
boring people. <laughs> I can't even remember. I mean, you were talking about how the archers are more interesting than people. Well, I was. What point was I making? It's and that's a feels, problem. Feels like years ago now. I was. I was because of infinite trying time to say or something, something smart, as usual. <laughs> I think the point I'm making, it's a it's a contradiction because I could talk about anything and I find anyone interesting. I find all the characters on the archers interesting in a way where they exist on a spectrum of incredibly interesting to doesn't exist to me and they're somewhere on that and therefore I find them interesting because I could mm-hmm. yeah, you know why remember what your uh, you know secure key banking password is when you could remember something about uh, Susan you know <laughs> why remember the last the last words your loved ones ever said to you <laughs> when you can remember what Linda Snell had for tea in 2006 that's really depressing because that that ca- that can sometimes be how my brain works like it doesn't it doesn't always prioritize information that I would like it to prioritize from just an objective standpoint of sort of like human functionality you might say it's just a a lottery system a lottery filing system Mm. because I can tell you like the fucking numbers and names of Buffy episodes and I, I, I I should clarify this isn't a thing I tried to do like, I didn't sit down and memorise them. People will just sort of talk about an episode and I'll say, ah, yes, season four, episode eight. And and this the title, and they'll be like, oh, you like that one a lot? And I'm like, nah. No, it's the one after, uh, after seven and before nine. I just remembered it. Yeah. And I know this is just me being like, oh, I'm neurodivergent. But, you know, I get, I, I get... <laughs> I get to be annoyed about it sometimes. I get to be a cliche. They... I I wonder why I listen to the show, I think, by nature of its unending march towards the heat death of the universe, as narratives go. It doesn't... I wonder if it achieves anything. And for humanity, narratively, or just but within does, itself. I mean, that's a wider question about whether narratives achieve anything for humanity, and they, you know, we're going to be talking about. God, we're going to have to mention the names of some uh, sexually repressed old white racists. To which ones? Really get into that one? I don't know. Take your pick. <laughs> Some um, some Russians, some Germans, possibly. <laughs> can mix a couple of Frenchs yeah, I, and Greekses in there. I I think I think without without sort of getting into nineteenth uh, century philosophy and whether narrative uh, serves function for the betterment of mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I 
we do continually come back to or or in my eyes what this all kind of regularly comes back to is the inevitability of the archers um and the comfort of Mm. regularity um and uh and uh how how it must continue in in one form or another i mean we've had our hypotheses tested over uh recent months of you know saying that some archer will in some form manifest itself after the uh inevitable nuclear apocalypse but you know it has somehow managed to like a hydra rear its heads once more um mm. and i don't without getting too deep and philosophical that does seem to be some kind of draw <laughs> never or that. appeal for you um wherein like it's there and it's relatively harmless and it continues and will always continue uh, as as uh what whitman once said um i'm a messy bitch and does sound like him asphic and full of contradictions as he said um that's how i remember the the quote anyway um i think that's i think that's leaves of grass page 236 (laughs) um and i i live by a lot of contradictions and it's both the sort of like inevitability of it like the plodding on of it and also the constant confrontation with that that things just god things just keep going i think soaps are weird like that i mean as we've said that before but they kind of represent this sort of prescience I've been writing a lot about that recently actually coincidentally well not really coincidentally it's me but yeah, you raised it on this podcast as well so it's not so much of a coincidence as this is what's on your mind yeah um well I didn't plan it so I've been writing about the difference between presence and prescience so there's two philosophies for living so you have did you watch midnight gospel no so it was uh on netflix and at first i was waiting a while to watch it because it's a stoner show and i hate those and i don't mean that as to be mean i just uh, i find them frustrating um like all the old adult swim stuff you know Right. Okay. Um, they kind of exist in a weird mental headspace that I can never get my head around. Um, it's, you know, it's a show that mostly pushes for presence of mind as a way to live. And I, at points, found myself frustrated with the show because I think it's all right to argue for that, but I feel like a lot of people who argue for that mindset act like it's a fix, like it solves things. Um, 
instead of just being another coping mechanism. And maybe that's just my, my mentality, but I don't think either prescience or presence. So, spending all of your time living for the future or spending all of your time living in the presence. But I and I don't think anyone's going to argue for living in the past, because <laughs> oh no, that's that's the way I do it. And uh, let me say it's been working wonders for me. Uh, Twenty-two years strong of living in uh, two thousand and eight. <laughs> the last time i felt that's actually the end of that sentence you know the i admittedly live a lot uh, in my regrets hashtag oh yeah your regrets it's fine <laughs> regrets yeah pause a moment while i cough horribly i don't know what that was think i just coughed up the my the last of my sanity Ooh, back in it. I... God, what was I saying before I... Something... Shit. About the past and the yeah, present I live a lot in my Yeah, re- I live a lot in my regrets. Hashtag major regrets. Rugrats. Major... Hashtag Rugrats the movie. Love that film. <laughs> hashtag Rugrats all grown up. <laughs> anyway. Um, but... I I recognize that that's just a thing that I I do and you know people do things that are bad for them and sometimes you have to be okay with having having bullshit in your head and I know that more than anyone um I'm going to get momentarily kind of heavy here but only in a way where I know other people will find this heavy, but it's just a circumstance of my existence, so... <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I would say I suffer from a term that I learned recently, which I was like, oh, this is very helpful to know that this is a term people actually use. Um, passive suicidality. So it's like... People who experience it say it's basically like the feeling that you are going to die. So sometimes I leave the house and I'm like absolutely certain for no reason in particular that I'm going to get hit by a car. And I know this is really, I know this is really heavy and maybe we'll cut it out. I don't know. It, it can't be heavy to me because I just, I don't know, I just experience it. Because you're terrible at road safety. <laughs> I am actually terrible at road safety, but that is That's probably to... why then, Ray. <laughs> I'm terrible at road safety because um, I have sensory processing issues and I'll just like zone out into some sound and then be like, ooh, honk. <laughs> A goose. Oh, Jesus. Um... And I find roads intensely stressful. I take them way too seriously. Um, I take them way too seriously until I completely zone out and then I realise. <laughs> oh no, too serious, too serious, <laughs> back up! <sighs> um, yeah. Uh, but it relates how I, to how I consume media a lot because... 
I inherently consume with this sense of presence. And sometimes um, I'll be in that headspace where I'm sort of convinced it's the end for me this week in this very apathetic way. And I'll think, but man, iZombie's coming back next week. Got to make sure I pay attention. I've been rewatching for, iZombie you know. with my new flatmate, and we're having a whale of a time. Now that's a show that knows that plot serves character. Is all I'm saying. Um, I suppose it's the archers both at once is and isn't in that headspace. Like it's existing, it's existing like it will go on forever. But it also, it's mm-hmm. not like it plans plot lines 20 years in advance. Right. That's that's actually an interesting thing. that Because the Archers doesn't have um, seasons, right? Uh, in the same way that a TV show would have seasons. Um, and I think I, I don't think many soaps have seasons. Um, but you, you don't get them sitting down and going, you know, we're expecting to do 10 seasons of this show. And... 22 episodes in a season and so we want to be here by the end of season four but we want everything you know it's not like that they're talking a month in advance pretty much i mean they do have those like six monthly meetings where they talk about what's happening in the next six months but that is extremely vague that is more on terms of like from what i understand it's like this character's contract is coming up or this actor's contract is coming up so we'll write them off basically um for experiment so mad uh, it's our world right so okay so ghosts first, aren't real <laughs> ghosts aren't real um but god is real <laughs> oh jeez right. someone should have told me when i was 14 okay. it's our world god is god is real i'm not to be clear i'm not making any comment about whether or not god is real i'm just saying confirmed just saying that he is this version of our world (laughs) god is real um Uh uh-huh but there is multiple gods um probably more in like a like a i'd say somewhere between greek and egyptian kind of the vibe of the pantheon Mm -hmm. yeah something like that They're, they're all kind of responsible for their own little domain yeah yeah um okay cool and they plan everything that's going to happen to humanity on a monthly or weekly basis <laughs> okay yeah 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 so every week yeah, i feel like you see where i'm together. going with this right now yeah um and they just so they decide they've been doing a terrible committee. job I, I have to say <laughs> i depends what they whoever came into the writers that. room at the beginning we don't of this know we year, don't know what really they're trying to achieve off. They're going for the uh, the redemption arc. <laughs> maybe Earth has taken a heel turn against humans. Maybe, maybe they go for presence, presence over prescience. They're not, you know, they're not planning for the future. Well, that's the thing. If they're only if they're planning on a weekly or monthly basis, they don't have to think about those consequences, you know, and mm-hmm. also about probably every 
year or couple of years or so, they completely they reincarnate. You know, they become different. They take on a different aspect. Maybe one of them mm-hmm. becomes slightly more warlike. We don't know. Right. Um, okay. God, you know, I was going to say something about what would human memory and life be like, but that's kind of just how humans are already. This. It would be like this. Well, this podcast? <laughs> like it is now. Or this conversation? Well, yeah, our brains. Unfortunately, <laughs> it would be a lot like our brains, which is troublesome. I'm trying to put in my head what the like a god of the archers is like is it like some kind of half or you know cow-headed entity of fertility or agricultural uh yeah um so you know how in in certain uh classical stories of of gods they would you know they have their dominion yeah. Um, but they would get a little bit carried away and so they'd start like eking into other people's dominions mm, mm-hmm. so you know you, you get like um, like Bacchus who starts off with just his, his wine and his partying and then he's yeah. like you know what else I should also start doing you know like orgies and uh, growing opiates I'm, I, I am um, fascinated by Bacchus because god you know what we love to see is a Gnophic deity being completely stripped of anything that relates it to fear. Although, to be fair, I've been at parties and I'm often afraid. So I'm very afraid every time <laughs> someone brings wine into my house. Yeah, um, actually, you know what? For me... Wine? <laughs> for, for me, um, Dionysus is way more terrifying. <laughs> Um, so, so what I'm saying is that perhaps the god of the archers began its existence as in the same way that the archers began in the 50s. The god like of war? Humble... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. No. It's the, <laughs> son, it's the son of the god of war, right? Came out of the god of war fully formed like, um, uh, like Athena out the top of Zeus's head. Um, just came out of the top of uh-huh. the god of war being like... I am the god of educational agriculture. Um, I will teach the young ones how to farm and how to, you know, look after their crops with with a great love of humanity and a great love of prospect and future and this kind of um, this uh, um, optimistic god looking to the future, being prescient and and saying, I will lay down the groundwork with my my followers in, you know... uh, modern agricultural workings but with also some spice some drama to keep them interested but as as this god grew older they realized that what they really enjoyed more than anything was the spice and so they stopped being uh they slowly stopped teaching their Mm -hmm. followers how to produce crops and live for the future live for the next harvest and the next harvest and instead live in the moment and and uh enjoy the drama of of community rather than trying to act together and bring communities together the god of the archers started to drive stakes into the community and force them apart uh and and giving people you know surnames and clans uh, and so these clans started to war with each other you had uh, 
archers split among two areas and and you had um grundies being there as well mm. i wonder what the um, tower of babel moment was for ambridge <laughs> it's probably built a really big um haystack and it all it fell a big over muck pile the muck heap fell down um but that's what i mean like i think this god began optimistically as an agricultural god and instead became the god of gossip and the god of the god of drama um i mean that really is that is a very british thing honestly is you know pagan holidays and such that became things in small villages with maypoles and modern customs you know they're all about the transition of survival culture to community culture and i mean the archers is the closest thing that we have to a pagan entity that it actually <laughs> exists Apart, yeah, it's it's the archers and those three tulpa, druids that really. rock up to Stonehenge on Solstice Day. Yeah, <laughs> and those guys in Anglesey. <laughs> Call back. Um, I, when you said it's a very British thing, I thought you meant starting out with the best of intentions and then getting distracted <laughs> by how petty everything is. That was implied. <laughs> also, uh, to clarify. That is true, but also only for anything that British people do to each other. Anything we do to anyone else, <laughs> exact opposite. Oh yeah, we never start out with good intentions. As, as soon as we touch the sea. As soon as we touch the sea, it turns to blood. and Or, or possibly any of our other borders. I'm sorry, Scotland and Wales. <laughs> yeah. It's not even just the sea. Um, so, so what we mm. what we're saying here um, is that we st- you still I can't don't believe know you why know what you we're listen to the here. archers. <laughs> I'm finding something. I'm finding <laughs> a, a link somewhere. Go. I think what we're saying is that you still don't know why you're listening to the archers, but it's become more than like a ha ha. This wasn't made for I... us. I don't know why I'm listening to the archers, but I'm realizing that is in the same category as me not knowing why I do anything. That doesn't help. Well, I mean, if anything, that makes it worse. I, I'm sorry. It does not help. I I had no idea. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that That's, we're here. That'll be that, you know what? Pounds. Until I had that insight. I was completely lost. You were cured. I'm cured. <laughs> I. Um. Okay. In. In, we, in conclusion, we were both going to say in conclusion simultaneously. In conclusion, <laughs> the archers remains, uh, despite its possible terrible quality now. Um. But uh, in in that same vein, in that Ray is finding a comfort in the presence of the archers, <laughs> we hope that you, dear listeners, are finding comfort in the presence of 
this uh, free and constantly available therapy session of someone else in your ears. Uh, Once again, I will clarify, this has not helped me and never will. And it's it's not helped me, so maybe it's helped someone out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all we can hope if, for. If it only helps you by thinking, man, I'm doing a lot better than they are. Wow, wow at least I'm okay. <laughs> um, or if, if nothing else, if the image of two Archer's characters being thrown at each other from opposite ends of the Alps doesn't do anything for you. Mm. To be honest, why are you even listening? Hey, I can't help you. You know how point. I want to end this? Go ahead. I'm going to do something I haven't done before on this podcast. It's hilarious it's taken me this long to do it, but it makes a lot of sense that I haven't. Hey, maybe you're feeling a little spaced out one day and you're kind of thinking... You're, you're just thinking, and you shouldn't be thinking. Because thinking's overrated. Danger. Make a cup of tea, or whatever your equivalent is. Um, you know, that's my that's mine. Uh, make a cup of tea. Put on the arches. Don't. Oh, think. Are you recommending the arches? I'm recommending the arches. Is that what the, you want to end this with? A recommendation for the arches? I'm I'm recommending an unusual approach to mindfulness, <laughs> which is to zone out and listen to the arches, or not really listen, just have it yeah. exist with you in the room. Because it's it's not trying to it's not trying to do anything to you. It doesn't have an agenda. I mean, it's British, so it it has something of an agenda, but <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't want to hurt you. Yeah. Well then, now that you finished this show, just uh, wind on up the arches and uh, sit there and don't think about things for a bit yeah although actually you need to wait until the actual show comes back because the monologues i was gonna say maybe you you because they are all about people thinking so that's literally just about thinking right now yeah Um, yeah yeah. (laughs) uh if you're recommending the archers i'm gonna recommend uh uh actual farming do what the archers could never do and uh swing a scythe in a field Mm mm-hmm Although, to clarify the pressure of people to, uh, you know, do small-term home agriculture is actually a little misguided because, you know, there is other ecosystem things that are very important. So maybe you don't oh, just do regular I wasn't gardening saying step. Do, uh, All I'm do saying is that lawns home. are bullshit. That's something I can say for sure. But don't feel like you're losing or failing at life because you don't have some sort of like mini radish garden in your backyard like that's not for everyone and it's not practical and the pressure to live your life that way in current society is completely ridiculous the the standards of ecological you know like eco-friendly living shouldn't be on individuals it should be on the system and yeah i've been ray this has been average to nowhere I love you all more than words can possibly say. And uh And I don't boy I've said a lot of them. To close the gate or Ray will burst in with a rant about seventeenth century monoculture. <laughs>
Bye. Bye. Give me clink clink clink. (laughs) We'll put this at the end. We'll put this. an interesting question is there a train station in ambridge um i suppose there must or be like, right are there any trains through borsetshire I, or is it completely I, I swear i've never heard rail? them mention a train right I, actually you know i don't trains think there don't is exist. i've never heard them mention a train